Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today is going down right here. Welcome to FST Fantasy Sports Today right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dean Martinez and the King, Scott Angle, breaking down what we saw yesterday. And as my compadre Mike Blewett likes to say, if you're listening on iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app, or a number of terrestrial radio stations across this fine land as we give thanks this week, thank you for listening. It's Dane Martinez and the King, Scott Angle, for the next hour. We're going to break down what we saw in week 11 and preview the cherry on top, Rams and Chiefs tonight. Scotty, how you're doing? Week 11 is almost in the books. Yeah, it's uh, doing pretty good. Looking forward to a very exciting game. A lot of people have things hanging in the balance, and uh, I know you're feeling good. The Jets didn't lose this week. They certainly did not lose this week. Uh, you know, maybe Sam Darnold gets healthy and gets back in there. But, you know, they got the Patriots next week. So we'll see about that. Scotty, I do want to let the people know for a new audience here at the top of the hour, I want to recap some of the main stories. And we talk about the injury bug first. And it bit a couple of quarterbacks yesterday. First, Marcus Mariota left the Titans game, which was a uh, boat race by the Indianapolis Colts. Andrew Luck continues to stay hot in that one. Marcus Mariota left with an arm injury. Blaine Gabbert. Uh, kind of took over, but the big one is in the Washington football team. For the first place Washington football team, they lost their quarterback, Alex Smith, for the rest of the season on the 30-year anniversary of when Lawrence Taylor ended Joe Theismann. Uh, some of the same things happened to Alex Smith. He broke his leg. It looks like it's going to be Colt McCoy in Texas on Thanksgiving against the Cowboys. Yeah, it is. Uh, some people maybe would think it's not a major downgrade. Uh, right. You know, I know one host who doesn't think it is, but, uh, you know, this team, whether it's Alex Smith or it's Colt McCoy, uh, you know, really does have much of an offensive attack outside of Adrian Peterson, uh, who you hope continues to get those goal line chances because with all the injuries, there's just not going to be opportunity for high yardage totals like there were early in the season when he was reeling off all these 90 plus yard games. So, uh, you know, and you also have to wonder if you know, people are now going to think uh, that. In Washington, you look who they're facing, and they're a defensive stream. I think that's legitimate, but it's you know you can't always assume that when the backup quarterback comes in, he's going to play awful. You know, we saw that with Nick Mullins, you know, earlier this mm-hmm. year. But the, it, just with the pieces, though, there's not a lot of upside. Uh, but you got to remember, though, that you know, streaming defense is not about keep, just keeping the score down. Foremost, it's about sacks and turnovers. And Colt McCoy is mobile. And how much will you turn the ball over? We don't know. But right. 
I think it, it is going to. A lot of people are going to start picking up the defenses that face Washington now. Yeah, I hear you, and I hear that they're not as dynamic. But what I'll say about Colt McCoy, to be honest, I lean towards where Corey uh, Parsons is, the fantasy executive. Listen, if there are 32 teams in the NFL, right, you got one through 32 best quarterbacks on the planet. Then there's about another three guys, let's say, that, you know, are kind of people believe could be starters in the NFL, right? You know, you got your Tyrods, you got your Teddy Bridgewaters and say, right after that, there's a chunk of, I would say, like five guys on the planet that are these kind of like safe backups that are backups that are actually desirable to have in the NFL. And I would consider them, you know, the 35th, let's say, to the 40th, let's say, best quarterbacks on the planet. And I would consider Colt McCoy one of those guys. Colt McCoy has been re-signed at decent money to be a quarterback because he's one of the better back uh, backup quarterbacks in the league. I believe the case could be made. Colt McCoy is one of the between 35th to 40th best quarterback on the planet. So the idea that there's not a huge drop-off to him, I would co-sign that. I've seen him in limited action in the NFL before put up representative efforts, Scott. Yeah, you know, the knee-jerk reaction is, you know, once the team goes to the backup quarterback, they're screwed. You know, that depends who the backup quarterback is. Colt McCoy continues to hang around the league because, you know, the front offices know better than we do about how good the backup quarterback is. Now, I don't know if you're leaning fully in the Corey Parson direction because I've heard him say that he's the best backup quarterback in the NFL and he should be starting over a lot of guys, which I think is outlandish. But, you know, I'm more in line with you that, you know, this guy is is a respectable NFL backup. Yep, I agree with that. Listen, you could do a lot worse if you lose your quarterback to gruesome injury. Other injuries. By the, by the way, they, saw... they don't they don't have a third stringer, so I'm wondering if they're <laughs> going to sign Nathan Peterman. That's very interesting. Nate Peterman did work out, uh, I believe, for the Lions this week. There's a number of other guys you can kind of grab off the street. We'll see. Like if they had to go to that level, uh, it is different than Colt McCoy. Let's just say that. Other injuries from yesterday or this week, Scotty, two tight ends to talk about. Jimmy Graham with a broken thumb. O.J. Howard with a knee. Also, my guy, keep calm and carry on, uh, sprains his knee, and the Lions have a short turnaround. I don't know if we're going to see him in the early game on Thanksgiving Day. Yeah, which is certainly going to hurt a lot of fantasy players in a given yep. week. You know, we uh, we heard uh, you know that it, it's not a tear, which is good. So uh, you just going to have yeah, to wait. Yeah, maybe a sprain, maybe a two week kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, we're already getting people asking us who should I start if he's out. Well, let's let's wait and see, you know, because yeah. we still haven't finished week eleven yet, and we don't know the extent of the injury. You know, do you have to replace him with more than one week? We don't even know that yet. You know, could what what's Kerryon Johnson's? What's the extent of the injury? What's the pain tolerance? Could he be right. a game time decision and suit up and play well? It's possible. It is possible. I do think the overlay of the short week on Thursday makes it an uphill battle for carry on, but we have gotten certainly, relatively certainly. positive news. You know, we've gotten relatively positive news that they don't think it's dramatically serious. If it is, in fact, a sprained knee, which is what I heard late last night um, from, I think it was Ian Rappaport, you know, that. You know, that maybe means that he misses one or two games. And if you've been relying on Kerryon Johnson, you likely, although to Scott's point, we don't know a lot of factors here. It's not, it's likely like you're not missing him, let's say, for the fantasy playoffs, um, moving forward. Uh, another big, 
Uh, two other big stories, re- really, uh, as it relates to the quarterback position that we saw yesterday. One in Baltimore, Lamar Jackson had his debut getting around 15 fantasy points, only 150 yards via the air, but 27 carries and 117 yards on the ground. And then, you know, at MetLife, the Tampa Bay Bucks decided to go back to Jameis because the magic is gone. Um, are you okay with maybe Jameis if he's under center moving? Moving forward and Lamar under center moving forward. Do you think these guys are where the organization is going to move for the last six weeks? Uh, it really depends with Lamar Jackson. Uh, with Flacco, I think they feel still feel like they can win ball games, and he's a veteran quarterback. Ravens and are Lamar five and Jackson's five. Very, in the AFC top very, they're very limited as a passer. So if they lost yesterday, even if they did, they all okay. Can we run the table and make it into ten and six? I don't know that they're locked into Lamar Jackson just yet for, you know, the full run. But, uh, you know, Flacco hasn't played well. Uh, Jackson did not play badly yesterday. He only had one turnover. Uh, right. You you want to see Lamar Jackson in there as a fantasy player because yesterday I think you saw his floor because he didn't, even, he didn't even have a touchdown rushing or a touchdown throwing the ball, and he still got 15 points. With Jameis Winston... Uh, they don't have a choice, the Buccaneers, other than to go with him. Uh, but both of the Tampa Bay quarterbacks have really high ceilings and really low floors. You know, they can terrible floors where they can fall right through the basement, and it can be no touchdowns and three interceptions in any given week. You really don't want these guys as your starting fantasy quarterback, despite the upside. I'd rather go with somebody who has a more reliable floor than take the gamble on the upside for daily. Yeah, I'll go ahead and do it, but not for seasonal. And uh, Jameis Winston is going to be anything but reliable going down the stretch. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a good distinction you made, especially because if you look at the AFC playoff picture, I mean the NFC as well, but if you look at the AFC playoff picture, right now you are legitimately – in right now if you're 5-5. Five and five, Okay, you got the division leaders right now that are starting to crystallize in the AFC. New England, Houston, Pittsburgh, and Kansas City. Then you got the Chargers there at 7-3, and three, but then you got a lot of teams, Scotty, right there at 5-5. Five and five. We talk about the Bengals. We talk about the Ravens in the AFC North. Both of them are 5-5, five and five. but then in the AFC South are the two teams that I want to talk about next, the Indianapolis Colts and the Tennessee Titans. Both of them are now at five and five as well. There are four teams at five and five right now. Correct me if I'm wrong, Scott. They are all tied for the sixth seed right now in the AFC at five and five. But I'll tell you what, I'll hang my hat on this team that got a W yesterday, 38 to 10. The Indianapolis Colts. Andrew Luck is getting into form. Maybe he still had some things with his arm strength. Remember they brought in Jacoby Brissett to throw the Hail Mary. I believe that was all the way back in week two. Well, now in week 11, Andrew Luck has been putting it on people. 297 yards, three touchdowns, only six incompletions on the entire day. And this is now, Scotty, seven weeks in a row where Andrew Luck has thrown for three or four touchdowns. Honestly, Scott, and this is not only because I was a little higher on them in the preseason than most, but if you look at these five and five teams, I'll get behind Andrew Luck and the Colts out of all of them right now. Yeah, I don't blame you. Getting into form, he's been in form. But coming into this yeah, game, seven weeks in a he, row, he, he was he was he had the six in a row, and only three quarterbacks in NFL history had had accomplished that feat: Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and Dan Marino. So look at what an exclusive club that he's in right now. And 
you know, you know what? I have Andrew Luck as a backup to Mahomes on one of my teams, and nobody seems to shop want him. Luck. I, I, it's, you know, I've tried to shop him. Well, you're going to start him next him. week. You'll start you know, him next fine. week. Fine, I'll, I'll start him next week. I'm good with it. <laughs> Darn it's right. fine. I'll, I'll be okay with it. But, you know, I think, I think a lot of people are not – people don't look at the numbers. We talk about it all the time, and they, they look at Andrew Luck as damaged goods for whatever reason because of the start he got off to this season before he got hot. And right now it's like – He's playing like a top three fantasy quarterback right now. You know, Andrew Luck, and people say, oh, I'm worried about the Titans' defense. I said, Andrew Luck's matchup proof, and there's no shutdown defenses anymore. The offensive line is playing terrific. I don't think he's yeah. he's gotten sacked in like about 200-plus consecutive snaps or something like that. You know, and, and, you know, they have a running game that can complement it. T.Y. Hilton, I traded to get him on Friday, and I said, now's the time. You know, the first two games mm-hmm. back, you know, he did look like he was fully healthy. Yesterday, we saw the T.Y. Hilton we all know and love. I traded Russell Wilson to get him Friday in one league, and I'm very, very happy I had lost Cooper Cup. T.Y. Hilton had his best game of the season. I believe T.Y. Hilton is going to be a very, very good wide receiver, too, down the stretch. Marlon Mack had a decent game yesterday. It was good good enough of a rebound performance. Uh, the tight ends, though, with Eric Ebron with a zero yesterday. Yeah, uh, we'll get into that. Absolutely. Eric Ebron, who a lot of people have been excited about, got you squadoosh. Yesterday, Jack Doyle goes four for 43 um, in the pass game. Ebron also, you know, an incomplete pass on his ledger as well. They tried a little Philly Philly, and Eric Ebron just overthrew Andrew Luck. But I got to tell you, Scott, and this is not, you know, me going back to like an I told you so. But I remember in the offseason, I remember telling you, Scott, like – Two things. One, Andrew Luck, when healthy, has made the playoffs every year of his career. Andrew Luck, when healthy, was always kind of a top three or four fantasy quarterback. T.Y. Hilton, when Andrew Luck is healthy, led the league in receiving yards, if you remember that. And so this nine for 155 and two touchdowns that he had yesterday, my biggest question about the Indianapolis Colts was the offensive line. And they addressed that with Quentin Nelson as a high top first round pick. And they are now saying, you know, Scott, I've seen metrics that have the Indianapolis Colts as something like the fifth highest rated offensive line in the NFL. Going from bottom 10 to top 10 is a huge jump. We talk about how offensive line is, uh, you know, something to really care about when you talk about the overall potency of this offense. I sort of thought a lot of this was going to happen. I think the Colts are primed and ready to be on the ascent in this last month and a half. I can very easily see the Chargers and the Colts as the two wild card teams in the AFC. Yeah, I can see it too because you can't you can't trust the Titans or the Ravens to put anything together, whereas you know, the or the Colts Bengals. They're generating momentum. A few weeks ago, they they weren't uh, considered a playoff team at all, and they've turned it on. They they've they've gotten hot. You know, right now, right yep. now, there's only one hotter team in their, their division than them, and it's, it's the Texans. Yeah, absolutely, and it's very harder to be hotter than the Texans, who have won seven in a row. Scotty, on the flip in side, the AFC, the NFC, on the AFC, yeah, sure. <laughs> Uh, absolutely. On the flip side, in the NFC, a team that is not hot, Scott, 
the Carolina Panthers. A couple of weeks ago, Scott, we were talking about the Panthers. I was considering them like the NFC version of the Chargers, a sneaky team that nobody was really talking about. And two weeks ago, when they were 6-2, and two, they were only one game back of everyone's darling in the NFC, the Saints, you know, similar to how I was saying the Chargers were just in, within, you know, arm's distance of the Chiefs. But the Panthers have now lost a couple in a row. They go into Detroit and do not get it done. However, Cam Newton, not to blame, 357 yards passing, three touchdowns. He does have the pick, but obviously he's also a part of the uh, running game as well, but only two carries there. But you mentioned this, DJ Moore starting to show off. He had that huge 82-yard catch and run, got caught from behind, but seven for 157. We talk about DJ Moore as a rookie running back that's ascending. And I'm telling you, Scott, I've been saying under this North Turner offense, they're doing it differently. They're not throwing it to the big-bodied receivers, you know, with the catch radius for Cam. Funches only two catches. Olsen only two catches. Instead, this offense is looking to get the ball in the hands of shifty playmakers, Christian McCaffrey, Curtis Samuel, and DJ Moore. Those are the guys getting the balls from Cam these days. Yeah, he's spreading it around a lot. Uh, Funches has become irrelevant to the point where you have to strongly consider cutting him. I think it's like four consecutive games of single-figure performances now. He's just not involved right now. It's like you, To your point, it's almost like he's a relic from a regime gone by. With DJ yep. Moore, he's shown a lot of upside recently, but like we say with rookie receivers, they're very, very unreliable. You know, he was quiet the previous week, but it was very good to see that he took an advantage of uh, of a matchup yesterday. Darius Slay was not going to be on him for a lot of the day, and uh, outside of Slay, who hasn't performed uh, really the levels that we've expected either, you know, this Detroit secondary is very easily be exposed. Curtis Samuel has scored in two consecutive games, but there's no yardage upside or reception upside, not somebody you want to start down the stretch uh, at all in your fantasy league unless you're desperate. And with Greg Olson, yeah, he's not getting the yardage, but, you know, he's basically their goal line back. He's, he's caught, right. caught touchdowns in four of his last five games. It's like Antonio he's Gates. Come. Yeah, he, he is, like Antonio Gates, like later in his career. But, you know, looking forward to next week's game against Seattle. That is going to be huge in the NFC playoff picture. And, you know, fortunate for Carolina, they're at home for this one, and they really need a victory. Absolutely. The Detroit Lions will turn around on Thursday and welcome the Chicago Bears. And hopefully our guy, Scotty Galladay, can stay hot without Marvin Jones in the lineup Ooh, yesterday. Yeah. Ooh, he goes yeah. off for 8 for 113 and a touchdown. He helped me in my DFS lineup as well. I had a decent DFS day, Scotty. Josh Adams has my punt play. David Johnson, Leonard Fournette, the Eli to Odell stack, and Kenny Galladay involved as well. We'll uh, talk more about Week 11 when we come back. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Sing it, Scotty. Galladay. 
it would be so nice, golly day. There it is. That's what I'm talking about. Our guy, Kenny Galladay, responding without Marvin Jones, without Carryon Johnson for most of the second half. He has a nice game going 8 for 113 and a touchdown. You'll take the 25 PPR points and celebrate with our guy, Kenny Galladay. All right, Scotty. Another very interesting NFC game with, you know, contenders slash pretenders that I want to talk about. The Dallas Cowboys go into Atlanta to take out the Falcons 22 to 19. And what I think is a very interesting game, Ezekiel Elliott continues to dominate. He gets 200 scrimmage yards, a touchdown, and 30 touches. I want to ask you, Scott, what I think, like, Zeke has been going off the last couple of weeks. Personally, I believe it's because of the presence of Amari Cooper and how defenses now have to honor a legitimate pass game that Dallas has. You know, you know that if Cooper's a legitimate outside receiver, Cole Beasley has always been a legitimate kind of slot guy. Now you throw in, you know, whoever else they want to put in. I guess it was Michael Gallup who was the only other wide receiver to really have anything. But this is a, you know, we talked about Dallas having the worst pass offense or the worst group of wide receivers in, in the NFC. Now that that's no longer the case with Amari, it looks to be opening up things for Zeke. It does. You know, we're seeing him as a receiver more than anything else, uh, more than ever before. And what he promised in the preseason, we're starting to see it. You know, he's become very, very versatile. Uh, Amari Cooper, though, was a disappointment again yesterday. Just when we thought, when I actually wrote the word reliable about him last week, when he played well in his first two games, you know, then we just saw the two-catch game uh, yesterday. So the, this receiving crew, you know, a little bit more optimistic about it than previously, but still, it's uh, it's average at best. Yep, absolutely. Hey, Scotty, on the other side of things, uh, Julio Jones has a streak going, my friend. <laughs> this is now three weeks in a row that Julio Jones gets into the end zone, six for 118 and a touchdown. But we just talked about our gentlemen's bets in the last hour. Scott, to update him right now at this point, Calvin Ridley, 136 points in PPR formats. Austin Hooper, 114 points in PPR formats. And Mohamed Sanu, 103 points in PPR formats. So after week 11, you are up in that gentleman's bet, but the difference between Hooper and Sanu is 11 points, literally one point a game. So you do have a lead in that gentleman's bet. I want to spin it forward to the question, though, honestly. Outside of Julio Jones, who do you like in this game? Sanu, Ridley, Coleman in the passing game as well. Hooper, where are the Falcons going outside of Julio Jones? Well, Coleman, you know, is a separate thing. It's just like he's okay. a big bit of big disappointment. As a running back, uh, you know, not really stepping forward to take pass of the opportunity. It's really spreading the ball around outside of Julio. He's the one reliable guy. Herdish. And it was interesting because yesterday was not a flat pass. You don't always see Matt Ryan, you know, throw a pass to where he's going to give an op- opportunity receiver to go up and get it. You got to see right. more of that. He scored in three straight after not scoring the first seven. So by that logic, I deduct he will score in the next four consecutive games. There you go. The streak may continue for Julio Jones. I'll tell you what, right now, I wouldn't bet against it because it looks like that's what Atlanta has to do. We talk about these now five and five teams in the NFC. You know, I mean, you talk about the Cowboys at five and five. 
Scotty, do you think right now, can you handicap this um, NFC East? I know they're two games behind the Washington football team, but they have Washington coming into their house on Thanksgiving with a backup quarterback. They sit two games behind. Something feels off to me with Philly. I hate to say this when, you know, our guy, the fantasy executive may be listening, but right now, would you have Dallas as the favorite to win the NFC East? I think you have to. It's, uh, you know, they, they, they've actually won two consecutive road games. I think that's, you know, that's a big step in the right direction for them. You know, they, they, they very likely could be a first round playoff knockout easily, whoever wins that division. But, uh, you know, they, they look like the most respectable team in that division right now. Right. Yeah. But let's say, yeah, whoever that is, would you take, would you take, say, the Minnesota Vikings come into town on wild card weekend to beat them? Yeah, you know, with that defense, I think they can. Right, if they down. went into Minnesota uh, or they went into Washington, right, or, or even Carolina, I, I think those would be the two wild card teams right now. Correct me if I'm wrong, Scott. Yeah, right. I think it would be the yeah, six right and four now. Panthers and the six three and one Vikings. I believe I would yeah. take the Panthers or the Vikings going into Dallas. I would say the Vikings have such a shaky hold right now. They're just like they're slipping. They're not playing well, and they're only a half game, yeah. uh, you know, ahead of that final. Ahead of uh, of the five and five teams for that final spot, right? Well, we shall see. You know, it, it proved to be no easy task going into Chicago. We'll talk about that in a second. Let's talk about another one of these teams who, to be quite honest, are right there in the mix. Even if they do lose grip on the NFC East, and it's the Washington Football Team. They get a loss though. Houston seven in a row. They come in. Hey, uh, Scotty, does Lamar Miller still suck? Uh. Doesn't look like it. He had a pretty respectful twenty for eighty six. Yeah, he's a, another twenty two in the eight passing game. Yeah, I think he's a solid yeah. flex. All right, but let me ask you about their acquisition, Scotty Demarius Thomas. Uh, he gets squad douche, you know, Kiki QT five for 77 D hop will get his, he got the touchdown helping his production out. Then you got, you know, uh, Lamar Miller, you got the Thomas, the tight end, no Demarius Thomas to be found. Is this similar to golden Tate? kind of, he needs to get his footing with a new team or is uh Kiki QT really the guy outside of D hop to, to own? It looks like Kiki QT is the guy. It's not about getting his footing. He had a good debut against them, but, uh, Demarius Thomas has been, uh, you know, he's been mediocre all year long, and it looks like it hasn't changed. Yep, absolutely. Let me go to another game, Scotty. We got a couple more games to talk about here in this segment. This is one of the marquee games of the day. Pittsburgh goes into Jacksonville, and they get a big-time come-from-behind victory. This was huge. Scotty, at halftime, you know, I own shares of Ben Roethlisberger in a number of places, and at halftime, Big Big Ben had negative points, but he finishes with a fine fantasy day, 314 yards, two touchdowns through the air. He does have the three interceptions, but then he runs for a touchdown, so he winds up, you know, it— with uh, kind of three touchdowns on the day. James Conner, though, only 25 yards in the ground, dropped what would have been a short touchdown pass in the fourth quarter. Uh, But Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, they pick up the slack. The two of them combined for 220 yards passing. This is the kind of game the Steelers need. They are now the two seed in the AFC and uh, continuing to roll, in my opinion, and getting over the mental hurdle that is Jalen Ramsey and the Jacksonville Jaguars, Scott. Yeah, it looks like the first half was the same as last year, and people complaining right. on Twitter before the game is over, as they always do. And then uh, this team coming back and just playing great defense, 
and clutch offense. Uh, and then you also have to blame Jacksonville for choking, especially with two straight penalties and the, the final goal line stand. Uh, and you got your fantasy numbers ultimately from Roethlisberger. You know, it wasn't anywhere near the previous week, but, uh, you know, he did get you the three touchdowns despite the three interceptions. And you know, if you look at his game log, like he's, he's really quelled the narrative that he can't give you good numbers on the road. Sure. Yeah, sure, absolutely. I think they're just humming. I think similar to Indianapolis, they're a team that is finding their offensive stride at the right time. You know what I mean? Like New Orleans, Kansas City, the Rams, they've been doing it all season long, right? Um, At at a little bit of a lower level, you talk about the Chargers, you talk about the Pats all season long. These Steelers and these uh, Colts, in my opinion, are really starting to come on offensively. On the flip side, though, Scotty, Bortles, I mean – Come on, 10 of 18, 104 yards. This is really Leonard Fournette and not a whole lot else. Fournette, though, dominating 30 touches. Fournette gets you 141 scrimmage yards and a touchdown. It's like he is key to this franchise's identity, Scott. Yeah, there was one drive yesterday well, yesterday on one of their scoring drives where they didn't attempt All a runs. single pass. A yeah, single I thought it was pass. Lamar Jackson. It's I thought like it was they, Lamar Jackson they, they, playing quarterback. Yeah, well, Lamar Jackson at least will throw it on a bootleg. You know, it wasn't Lamar Jackson, <laughs> and he'll rush for more yardage. It, it was, it was just uh, you know, let's go back to what we do best, which was got us deep into the playoffs last year. It was running game and defense, and it worked for a half. Yeah, absolutely, Scotty. I mean, listen, there have been people that have been trying to sell me over the last couple of weeks on Dante Moncrief as a startable wide receiver. I have been consistent yeah, I know all it's season me. long. I know it's me. No, no, no. There's been others. There's been others, Scotty. I'm not trying to nail you, okay? But I've been saying all season long that I, I, I want no part. I want no part of this Jacksonville pass offense. D.D. Westbrook, 2 for 19. Chark, 2 for 15. Moncrief, 1 for 11. Like... Can we end this charade? Blake Bortles is the person throwing these people the ball, and I want no part of any uh, offense where Blake Bortles is a key part of it that I need as part of the calculation. Are you like talk to me about these guys, the Westbrooks, the Moncriefs moving forward? The only one that I'd actually keep on my bench is Moncrief because coming into this, he had four four double figure performances in PPR in his past six. If there's one guy that you know, especially in a larger league like Scott Fishbowl or something like that, uh, yeah. that you're going to roster and maybe trot out there. It's it's Moncrief. You can't always feel good about it though because you know, just yesterday they were just handing it off so much it's, that you, you, right. all of the other receivers are just completely unrosterable. But Moncrief is a guy that you keep around in case of emergency. You break the Jacksonville glass. I guess so, but I think you know you've been saying that he's had a couple. He had a couple of good games recently, but those were when before Fournette came back, right, Scott? My point is that Fournette changes this team's identity entirely and changes the way they play football. Without Leonard Fournette, yeah, when it was Hyde and Yeldon, sure they'll look to get Moncrief involved, but that's not the case with Big Leonard behind, in the backfield. Yeah, I, I agree with you. You know, okay. they're going to hand the ball off a lot. With a better quarterback, that would be play action, but it's it's boils. Oh, next year, don't worry about it. Next year, there may be a Tyrod there. There may be a Flacco there uh, as someone that may uh, be a better option for what they want to do with the – well, let's not go too crazy. Um, What they want is someone who's not going to turn the ball over. Would you rather have Fitzpatrick or Bortles? I'd rather have Fitzpatrick. 
yes, but I'd rather have Flacco or Tyrod more than both of those guys. Or Teddy Bridgewater, to be I, honest. I don't, I don't disagree with you, but Bridgewater's not going nowhere, so. Fair enough. Uh, Tyrod and Flacco, I think, will be part of the moving chairs uh, in this NFL offseason. Yeah, which, is, uh, which shows you the state of, of uh, you know, the quarterback in the NFL. And I don't right. want to digress too much, but, you know, it's, okay. it's like I'm part, of this, I'm part of this Seahawks group, and people just lay way too much blame on the quarterback. It's like right. you know, the, the Seahawks are 500 team, but you know, they got a chance to make the playoffs right now. But, it, you know, they, they, they absolutely they blast Russell Wilson all the time. And I'm like – I mean, that's know, ridiculous. Were, I mean, Russell Wilson yeah, is obviously – you know, there are, yeah. to me, listen, we, we talk around like, is someone elite or not, that sort of thing. There are like, I don't know, three or four categories, right? There's the quarterbacks who are, you know, people call them elite, but like are good enough to raise the play of others and are like definitively, you can win a Super Bowl with that quarterback. And Russell Wilson is in that group. And then to be quite honest, there's a group of, I don't know, maybe eight quarterbacks behind Russell Wilson, where it's like, they don't raise everybody else's play, but they're not the problem for their team, and you can still win with them. And and I think Russell Wilson is ahead of that group. It's absolutely you're absolutely right. But with the Jacksonville Jaguars, because of their my defense, point being because of my their point running being game, though is like is I'm sorry to interrupt you, but my my point about that though that I was I'm trying to make here though is that you know quarterbacks so watered down in the NFL. I say to these people. Right. Do you really want to like to sign somebody yes, at a absolutely. free agency or go into the draft? You think there's something better? Football is a team right. game. You know you have to surround uh, you have to surround quarterbacks with playmakers, etc. Yep. You know, right now, Will Wilson is an example with Doug Baldwin not being healthy for most of the year. It's a mediocre receiving crew. Sure. Yep, absolutely. Um, so we got one more game left, Scotty, before the break that I want to touch on. The Denver Broncos go into. Uh, StubHub Stadium, the soccer stadium over there in Los Angeles, and they get a win, 23-22. We talked about this a little bit before. You know, the Chargers kind of reverted back to some old ways. Philip Philip Rivers making unsensible picks, you know, with screen passes to Von Miller. Their kickers missing crucial kicks, costing them kind of the game, right, as Brandon McManus kicks a game-winning field goal. Let me ask you, though, here, um, you know, Melvin Gordon continues to do his thing as normal. But I want to look at the uh, Broncos side. Philip Lindsay continuing to be valuable. Nine, 79 yards on the ground, two touchdowns, another four for 27 uh, via the air. My question is, does the return of Royce Freeman uh, impact Lindsay as kind of like a fringe, a high-end RB2 moving forward? No, no, not, not whatsoever. The guy has been a He did vulture a touchdown. Doesn't matter. The guy has been in double okay. figures every week of the season. Even when Freeman was getting touchies, and he's going to find a way to catch passes, to score outside the 15-yard line. He'll get his own occasional goal line carries. Royce Freeman, it, the return does not affect him whatsoever. He had a beautiful touchdown, touchdown uh, run yesterday. Philip Lindsay is the one thing that the Denver Broncos can, and fantasy players can consistently count on in that ball club. Really? I mean, I feel like you can – I feel like you're okay. I mean, he didn't have – he had a less than usual game. But I feel like you're happy if you have Emmanuel Sanders as one of your wide receivers. I feel like on a week-to-week basis, been more you're comfortable erratic. starting Manny. Think so? All I, right, I, fine. What about Cortland Sutton? I'm uh, not quite to that point yet where I'm comfortable starting him. With Sanders, 
Uh, I think he started to fall more into the wide receiver three range, whereas he was more in the wide receiver two range fantasy-wise earlier sure. in the year. He started but if you own Sanders in season long, you're starting him every week, right? Pretty much. You're not well, benching I, Sanders. I, I would, I would, it, it depends. You know, we, we're, I guess we're talking default 12-team league, yes. But in sure. a 10-team early, he's, he's not a must-start. Okay. Um, I'll give you that. Real, real quick, Scotty, uh, you know, one of the tight ends we were kind of putting out there with a deep bye week and stuff was Jeff Hireman. Uh, he goes four for 20. Uh, is it time to hop off? I don't know necessarily. You still got to keep him around as a tight end, too. Uh, Keenum is looking for him in key situations. I wouldn't cut him just yet, especially if you just lost O.J. Howard. But, look, anybody who's a target for Case Keenum, I think, is risky. Yeah, that's the truth. Uh, on the other side of things here with the Chargers, Melvin Gordon has a representative day at the office. You can't oh, be boy. mad. He doesn't get into the end zone, but he does get you 100, what, seven, 160 scrimmage yards, something like that, um, along with six catches. So you're fine with that. Keenan Allen shows up. These Williams boys, though, you don't want any part of them, I would say. Um, Austin Eckler continues to have standalone value out on his own with Echola. 70 scrimmage yards and two catches. Is, you know, my little Eckler continues to be a nice little surprise in a low Boy, level. Melvin Gordon's so much fun to watch. Just the way he oh, makes tackles and, and yards yep. after the catch. And boy, he's really developed in such a great pass receiver. Absolutely. When we come back, we tie a nice, neat little bow on this before the morning after. We talk Sunday night football and we preview that Rams Chiefs game that everyone's excited about. Come on right back after this. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Welcome back. Fantasy Sports Today here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Spitting Statistician Dane Martinez and El Rey de Fantasia, the King Scott Angle, breaking down everything we saw in Week 11. We got one more game to discuss, and then we'll talk about everybody's dessert. For week 11, the Rams and Saints, remember that, excuse me, the Rams and Chiefs, remember that game is in fact taking place in Los Angeles, not in Mexico City. We have Shakira to thank for that. And of course, as we're talking about Southern California, we keep our thoughts, prayers, and attention and warm wishes and hopes for all the people in the path of those wildfires, which are getting to be a little bit crazy down there. So, to everybody listening down there in Southern California, our thoughts are with you. Um, Scotty, if Sunday night football catch was a the game, though. That's that's a good alternative, I think. What is the concert? Uh yeah. Well, it happened last week. That's what chewed up the field, which is why nobody wanted to uh, play on that and on the Azteca field. Scotty, it was a Shakira concert. Yes. 
the previous Sometimes week. You got to make sacrifices for that kind of entertainment. <laughs> it's worth it. I hear you. Those hips don't lie. That's what I hear. No. But in any event, the Chicago <laughs> Bears they go to seven and three, looking to put a stamp on the NFC North, where Aaron Rodgers is toiling. Mike McCarthy is on the hot seat, and they now got a working margin against the other contender in that division, getting a twenty-five twenty win against the Minnesota Vikings. Scotty, I got to tell you something. First off, uh, like I look at, you know, we've been, we were talking about Mitchell Trubisky all week long last week. He gets the win, but he, he, he didn't really do much uh, statistically or fantasy-wise. Only 165 yards through the air, one touchdown, two interceptions he throws. He mitigates those interceptions, though, with 43 yards on the ground. Would you say Trubisky had a good, good. fantasy game? Because I would not. He wound up with about 12 fantasy points by my count. No, it was one of one of his worst games of the year. Uh, you know, definitely like the worst since week four, I think. Uh, and, and it said definitely, and then I said I think, but uh, you know, <laughs> one of his worst games in a while there. Uh, but you know, they didn't need to. They, this, this win was based on defense. Yep. And so this is what I want to ask you, Scott, for Chicago. Remember when we were talking about how there's no dominant defense, there's no reliable defense? That was all in the kind of month where Khalil Mack was hurt, you know, and everyone made that point that Khalil Mack was not his 100 percent self. If the Bears have Khalil Mack wrecking games the way he was forcing fumbles literally all over the field, wrecking the game, can we put the Bears back in that spot? Are they a defense that you can rely on moving forward if you have a stud like Khalil Mack healthy? Uh, I would say they'd probably be the top-ranked defense, but I still don't see them as shutdown necessarily. I, don't, I really don't think that a shutdown defense you know, exists in the NFL right now. Sure, Khalil Mack makes them a better unit, but uh, you know, this, this team can give up some points. Regardless, you know, I, I know that they, uh, you know, didn't have Khalil Mack in the Buffalo game, but they still gave up 29 points. To, I'm sorry, they, they, they still, uh, you know, they, it wasn't the Buffalo game, I'm sorry, but uh, you know, there's, still, there's, there's still been weeks, you know, where they've given up a lot of points. Uh, you know, 38 to New England, 31 to Miami, uh, 24 right, to the Miami games, one is real. season opener, right. uh, you know, 22 last week. Uh, 20 last night. That's that's not necessarily shut down. You know, they only nine to Buffalo and ten to the Jets. They're capable of being shut down, but there's no consistent shutdown defense. Uh, you also have to look at week six minus one, and week seven three, and week week eight six. You know, you know, Mac was not a hundred percent, but still, uh, you know, I, I don't I don't think I can roll them out there every single week. And be confident because in week 14, they play the Rams. And right. I don't know that I can I, – I don't think there's any defense that you can start every week, uh, you know, in a long-winded way of answering your questions. Sure. You know, the funny, the funny part is, you know, I'm, uh, I'm in a league where I have the Bears as a defense. And quite frankly, Scott, not to pat myself on the back, but I'm primed to be 10-1 and one in that league after this week is over. So I'm That's not even looking here. at week 14. I'm not even looking at if week 14. If you're not going to promote gonna yourself, then that who's going to do it, Okay. Fair enough, fair enough. Maybe my guy Chris Bavona down there in the fantasy pit of misery will be. But honestly, I'm looking at it. I take week 14 off the table. Yeah, really. He needs an autumnal, full-bodied mead. Um, Dilly dilly to everybody down there listening to us. But if you take 14 off off the plate, Scott, uh, because I'm going to have a buy, and some people who are right now organizing themselves will. 
uh, Green Bay Week 15 at home, San Francisco Week 16. They get a Giants Week 13 if you need that win to make a playoff push against the Giants and Eli Manning. And Detroit is not scaring me either on Thanksgiving, especially maybe no carry on Johnson. There's only five weeks left that are fantasy relevant. I think they have four good matchups and the Rams. Uh, I'm not so sure about the Green Bay game in Week 15. Uh, now mm. it's not about points it's be against home. first. It's not about points against first. Uh, but you know they could give up a thirty burger in that game. Now look, Aaron Rodgers did get. get Aaron Rodgers could be times. shut down also. Aaron Rodgers uh, could be shut down by that week also. It, that's a consideration. Uh, if he if he is, it makes it a difference. But right now we don't know that, so I'm not going to say that. Sure. You know, I think it's over optimistic. Uh, or over pessimistic, playing, quite frankly, on it, Green Bay's if, side. If Aaron, yeah. if Aaron you know, if as optimistic if you have the Bears defense, I'm saying. Sure. Uh, that's an optimistic outlook. Right now you go with what you know. Rodgers can always put up a 30-burger, and he doesn't turn the ball over. So, you know, that's not the most ideal matchup. I hear you. Um, that makes sense as I look back at uh, it's, week it's one what you asked against originally, Green Bay. They're not yeah. an every week defense. I don't think an, I don't sure. think one exists. Week one against Green Bay at Lambeau Field, they got 14 points. The defense did. Um, so we shall see. But hey, they did put forth a great effort uh, yesterday. I want to ask real quick uh, on the other side of things. Stefan Diggs, uh, 13 catches, 126 yards, and a touchdown. A lot of that in garbage time. But can you digs it, Scott? Yeah, as long as he's healthy, that's the one thing. You know, there's two Absolutely. guys on this roster that you know can't stay healthy. It's Dalvin Cook and uh, Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs is good as when he's in there, but he's like a brittle. Uh, he's a brittle guy, and we've seen him miss a lot of time. Yeah, talk to me about Dalvin Cook real quick, Scotty. I'm off him entirely. I'm gonna be when people are asking sit start questions and stuff. I'm off Dalvin Cook. To me, he's like now he's not a kind of three down back anymore. To me, he's not like a guy I can trust. He's kind of like a nice option. He's kind of like a Tariq yeah. Cohen to me now, almost like he's got skill and can break stuff, but he's just not doing it. Uh. He could easily come back next week and have a huge game. He could. That's that's the thing with Dalvin Cook. Can he stay healthy? That's another question. I wouldn't say I'm off him completely. I don't have him in RB1 territory, territory anymore. He's, I think he's yeah. still, still top 15 or top 16. You know, he got stuffed by a really good run defense last night, number two yep. in the NFL, and then game script totally took him out of it. All right, Scott, we but only got 45 seconds left. Week. We only have 45 seconds left, and we got to talk about Monday Night Football, Scotty. Chiefs and Rams, the total has gone down from 63.5 to 62.5. Does that mean you're concerned about the offense today, Scott? (laughs) Nope. Start everyone except for the defenses. Absolutely. Give me a pick right here with 30 seconds left. I am taking the Chiefs plus 3.5. You know, whoever has the ball left last to me is going to win this game. Who do you like tonight, Scotty? So difficult, but I'm going to take the Chiefs. Need to take the Chiefs as well. Are you also with me on the under three and a half punts tonight? Uh, yes. Three. Sounds good. Morning after. Up next. Keep it locked. Fancy Sports Radio Network all day long, baby.